Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is October 27th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. It's close to Halloween. I can't wait, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Kevin Combs, Vice President of McKinney Flavelle. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Mike. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Uh, great. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Halloween parties this weekend. There were some last weekend, and you know, it's just a fun time. It's, it's Stella's favorite holiday. Time. It's her it's favorite a fun time. Yeah, great very holiday. Fun. Very fun. We went to Six Flags and went to Fright Night the other night, where they had a bunch of haunted houses at Six Flags. It was a lot of fun. So, Kevin, I thought today what we would talk about is sugar. Right. Yeah. And, lots uh, going on. Lots of harvest going on. And yeah, I thought it would be a good time. But before we do, I want to also let everybody know about our energy webinar that's coming up on November 15th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You'll be able to register real soon, either through an email that you get or through our website at McKinney-Flavelle.com. All right. Back to sugar, Kevin. The harvest is coming in. Mexico is a mess. There's definitely uh, definitely a mess down in Mexico when you look at upcoming crop. You know, we just finished a horrendous crop hit by drought, lack of fertilizer availability at 5.224 million metric tons. And the thought process going back to the spring was, hey, you know, they got great area coming in, more cane, get some rain and things will look great. Yeah. But, uh, that rain just did not come even during the rainy season. Oh. So. You know, you look at the drought monitor at the start of the rainy season, you know, back around June 1st, and it was bad. But fortunately, some regions where a lot of mills are located, particularly along the Gulf Coast, looked okay. But here we are, you know, at the end of the rainy season, and the drought monitor just looks horrendous. And so conditions are just basically got worse Mm. over that time frame. And even seeing a lot of drought, along the Gulf Coast now as well. So I'm not sure you could say there's any mill in Mexico that is not suffering a little bit uh, or that came around that region. So uh, talk of what their crop expectations will be, you know, has basically come back to where they're expecting another crop around that 5.2 million metric tons, you know, an optimistic number of 5.4 million metric tons, but the pessimistic number, Mike? Yeah, don't tell me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you anyway because our listeners want to know. 4.8 million metric tons. Wow. And, you know, it's been a long time since Mexico's had a crop below 5 million metric tons. So bad news, especially when you look at, you know, supply in the U.S. market because we're expecting over a million metric tons of sugar from them to meet our needs based on the last uh, last year report. And... If they only have five point, let's call it five point two million metric tons, that means they got about a million tons of surplus. Well, if they ship over a million to us, uh, they're already short, and then they still have their IMEX market as well to take care of. Somebody's not going to get their sugar, or yeah. what's happening currently. You know, they ended up with two hundred sixty six, two hundred sixty six thousand metric tons of imports. The USDA is already suggesting they need 325,000 
metric tons of imports for next year. Well, if their crop comes in four or 500,000 less than USDA is currently estimating, they're going to need a lot more uh, imports. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that, that is a big deal because they are such a, a large importer for us. Um, what do you think the U.S.? How do you think the USDA is going to handle this uh, situation? <laughs> That's a great question, and you hit me on a Friday with that one. Lovely. Um, well, it's not a Waz day on a Friday, but it is a it is a very good question because you know the program as we've talked about. I mean, we're already what on an extension of the farm bill now since since it's expired, um, and it's uh, you know we're coming off a couple of years of really tight supply. Um, we have a lot of tier two sugar. We got the world market that's in the upper twenties. It's a big, big concern. It's a major conundrum here. And when you look at, uh, already having put this before the department of commerce, because Mexico is importing sugar and under the suspension agreements, they're not supposed to be importing sugar to export to the United States. And as a net surplus producer, you wouldn't expect them to have to, but in order to meet the last quota or most of it, they still came up quite short of their uh, the full quota allocation uh, for the previous year. They imported 266,000 tons because they normally don't start producing sugar until sometime in the mid to late November for okay. the most part. But a lot of mills don't get started until mid-December and some January. in January. Well. This year, expecting smaller crops and hoping some rains come and will help boost sugar content of the cane, etc. We're hearing mills may not start that normally start at the end of November, may not start till January. Wow. So if they're going to start up 45 days later, you know, who knows, maybe some even push it back, you know, as much as 60 days from normal. Uh, that means there's no production in Mexico coming on for that early time frame and they may need to import more sugar and that's what we're hearing today there's still yeah. vast amounts of imports coming in from brazil and other countries and uh more containers so that's all going to come into new crops so it's going to be a mess the usda is going to have a lot of work to do on their hands and things could be pretty tight on the import side you know fortunately trq imports will come in they'll start arriving and there's there's a lot of options for the cane refining industry to, you know, handle a lot of those imports. But uh, anyone that's been, you know, sourcing direct imports, that's going to be yeah. tight over the next few months if, if you're looking at it from that perspective. And uh, again, the USDA might not do anything until April uh, if they continue to follow things and they don't see any emergency provisions needed. And uh, again, and we still got to wait and see what the Department of Commerce rules. So. Yeah. So that's fun a year. Fun year. Well, let's shift over to the beet uh, harvest and talk a little bit about what's happening there. There's a few positives there. Yeah, you know, things are looking really good, particularly in the Red River Valley, where more than half the beets are planted. So uh, hearing yields have really got a boost over the end of the summer and early fall and hearing yields over 30 tons per acre in American Crystal and Southern Min. So that's phenomenal. There's probably going to be some beets left into the ground or uh, not able to be harvested with uh, these large yield expectations now. So that's the good side. Uh, Mindex seems to be a little bit more subdued expectations there, but still, you know, relatively strong. Concerns out east, Michigan, 
their harvest is really slow at this point. They're uh, not making a lot of progress from weather standpoint. So hopefully weather cooperates and they start making some strong progress there. You know, just kind of been a calamity of bad circumstances in Michigan that uh, will impact their production. So it's probably going to be, you know, below average. Out in the plains, things are looking decent in some areas, you know, maybe average to slightly above average, some areas looking slightly below average. So net net, you know, I'm, I'm going to look at that as still an average situation. And then uh, further out west, you know, moving into Idaho, et cetera, I think uh, looking at a really good crop there. So harvest, I think, might be a little bit slow there as well, but I'm not going to be alarmed yet at this point. That all being said, you know, wrap it all up. And it's looking like, you know, the USDA just came up with a big increase in August uh, or September, lowered it here in October, but I think uh, they got ahead of themselves on the lowering from what we're uh, putting together from these conversations. So I would say expect the beet crop to be up at least 75,000 tons Okay. Uh, at the end of the day, maybe, you know, a little over a hundred thousand tons possible is what we're hearing out of the Red River Valley. So, but we might not see that for a few months still, Got it. Got it. just depending on how the USDA wants to calculate, you know, what's going to get harvested, processed, and what type of sugar content numbers they're using. Now, let's shift over to Louisiana. I mean, they made a big reduction there. What are you, uh, what's your What's your thoughts on that? Well, again, same type of thing in Louisiana. They lowered it down big, and then they had a little bit of correction and, and offset that with a raise. They're now uh, 1.738 million tons for Louisiana. And Till we get some hard numbers in, I'm pretty comfortable with that okay. that range of an estimates. I think uh, you know we'll see. Louisiana didn't really get into any early harvest, so we've only got uh, a couple weeks in at this point for them. So let's let's wait and see. But I think uh, USDA's estimate is pretty good. That's de- you know cane production overall. They're down about six percent uh, year over year. Texas is obviously having a horrible crop as well with the high temperatures and drought conditions there, lack of availability of water from irrigation. So that leaves Florida. And fortunately, Florida is looking pretty good at a little over 2 million tons. I think that estimate's pretty good by the USDA. So net net, you know, take all that into account. You know, the overall production in the United States isn't horrible. It would be nice to have, you know, another couple hundred thousand tons from Louisiana. But that all being said, it just brings it back to what's USDA going to do and how they're going to manage it. It's looking like, you know, it's going to need quite a bit of management again this year. They've been, I'm going to say a little slow to react in some cases, but uh, that's just because we need the sugar. Yeah. And and with a lot of questions on on the demand side of, of sugar consumption, especially as we enter the next six to 12 months, Boy, I can't think of a better time if you're not a McKinney Flavel customer to be talking to you, Kevin. A lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of things will continually evolve. So, yeah, definitely want to stay close to the situation. And, uh, you know, we sit there and say how close you need to stay to it, but most of the sugars are even contracted for 2024. That's true. That's true. That's true. And, uh, yeah, I guess that just means stay close, but make sure the supplies are going to get in here. 
and then uh, you know it'll only be a few more months. And we'll be talking about twenty twenty five. That's exactly what I was just gonna say. You know, the colloquium coming up in in February, and and uh, last year we saw a, a ton of uh, discussion around it. So, you know, it's gonna be an interesting and volatile time for sure. So. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute, moment with your friends and family. Don't forget to dress up for Halloween until our next podcast. Take care, everybody. Bye. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence Platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favel.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.